Welcome to the Old Chats Pod with me, Amesha here. And me, James Factor. This podcast will tackle the taboo topic of mental health in a raw, honest and jovial way. We're two good mates who've met in London, talking about their own mental health hiccups, with some help from some special guests along the way. Welcome to episode 28. This is the Bros Chat Chats. Here we speak to Tom from Bros Chats, a men's mental health organisation in Sydney, about the influence of the workshops he initiates, why he started the movement and his own mental health journey. Hello, James. Hey, mate. How's it going? Yeah, good man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. What's the time over there? Where are you? Just getting to four, 4 p.m. Five hours behind. Nice. Yeah, how have you, how you been? You on? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, broke my oh, thumb. I knew you, I didn't, oh, you said you hurt it. I didn't know you'd broken it. Fracture. Oh, so, you can't do anything, can you? You just got to leave it. I'll leave it. Yeah, it's yeah. in casted up, so it'll be out. It's coming out next week, actually. So... Probably need to apologise. We haven't really done this for the last two months, but there's been a lot of change. You broke your, you fractured your thumb. I moved to Toronto, but um, yeah, it's taken a bit of getting used. To, I'm not gonna lie. I've only been here four, four, five weeks. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a baptism of fire. There's like two or three snowstorms as soon as I joined. As soon as I arrived, but yeah, it is still everyone's so nice. Yeah. Like Canadian people in general are just so nice. But yeah, it's been a bit of a bit of a baptism of fire, especially at work and just 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 in general. It's just there's a lot of cultural differences. Yeah. Are you going into the office or are you still working from home where you are? So that's that's the funny thing is uh, when I arrived, it was back in lockdown. So here, like, all the lockdowns are done in provinces. And uh, last week was the first week that everything started to open, like indoors stuff. But they're hoping by March there won't be... They'll start to wear masks, but everything should be fine to to go about. But yeah, it's like um, everyone's been working from home here for like two years. Yeah. That's the thing. Cause, it's a weird thing because we're in our like, England bubble. You don't really, you don't really need to know about other countries. But for example, here everything's been open, but everyone's still been working for home for like two years. They haven't been told to like go back to the offices. Mm. Wow. So uh, yeah, well, it's only going to get better then, isn't it? It's always better here in the summer, anyway. Like from like March, April, when the weather gets better. Yeah, I think the record, the highest it's been since I've been here, is probably about six, seven degrees Celsius. Wow. So you've been keeping, you've been alright with it mentally and everything. The flight over was tough, man. Those eight hours are probably a lot of. A lot of going back and forth in my head. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where you always forget. It's the hardest. The hardest point is always like the beginning, isn't it? Getting used to things. Like yeah. And I think last last yeah last week was like the first time where I was like, like missing something from home, like one of my good friends' weddings. And that 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 start. I knew that was going to be tough, but that's just like one of those things where you need to know like it's shit for that day, but in the long run, it's hopefully work out. Yeah, it's getting there. And also, it's one of those things where I'm quite impatient, which isn't a good thing to do. Especially this, like everything takes time. I've bottom. I keep telling myself I've only been here a month, so yeah, it's early days. And it sounds like you are. The, it's all going to just get up to speed when it. The summer sounds like a nice time of year for it. Yeah, definitely. I think I've learned a lot from when I was here before, where it's like you kind of sometimes got to be brutal. I don't know if you've seen that. I've just I just got I've left like all my WhatsApp group, like most of my English WhatsApp groups, because it's like why do I need? Like, I know the Ruby WhatsApp group was like. Yeah, yeah. I, the more if I, if those messages kept popping up, I'd just miss it more. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, you can so you can climb back in. What? Yeah, you come back. yeah, exactly. Like, there's no, I'm not missing out on anything there. But um, yeah, I'm sometimes of the opinion that you just got to rip the rip the plaster off. Yeah, well, you've ripped it now, so you you're there. You you bleed you're bleeding, but you'll you'll heal as well. Can your can your work colleagues understand what you're saying? <laughs> I know even people in England sometimes can't understand what I say, but yeah. It, the first week was a real like I thought I was speaking a different language, especially because it's all on Teams as well. And but yeah, no, it seems seems like it's fine. I think a lot of people are just a bit nice as well, and don't ask. <laughs> they just nod, and smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Classic, classic Canadians, just so yeah. nice. But it's honestly like some of the stuff is. Like, there are some tricky moments where like, like you order a coffee. Like if you order a, a mo- like how do you say how do you say the chocolate coffee? So I'd say like a mocha. Yeah, I say, can I get a mocha? Yeah. And they're like, what, what, what? It's like, they, call, they say that like mocha. Oh, uh, mocha, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mocha, so it's, like, it's just like mocha. And also, because you have to wear it, you, everywhere's still wearing the masks. Yeah. So I've still got the mask on, it's still like, like that, that, that's hard. That's, um, there are some stuff that ordering stuff's a bit hard. And like, oh, here's, here's, here's a quiz. So the, ro- the road I live on is spelled S-T-R-A, 
C H A N. How just how do you prove that? Strachan. Yeah, Strachan, like Gordon Gordon Strachan. <laughs> yeah, they, on, they, they say Strachan. No way. What kind of what people are they? I almost I almost missed like the the streetcar stop the other day because. It was like Strachan Avenue. And I was like, what? Then I luckily realised when the doors open, oh, it's my, my stop. That's mad. This is like that, uh, what's it, the Pulp Fiction scene. <laughs> this is our version of that. What do they call it? Uh, Strachan. Strachan. Um, but yeah, mate, we're getting there. How's everything with you there? Huh? Yeah, it's all good. I'm back home. The apartment and stuff has all been, I moved out and just planning what to do next now with... Um, where to live? Oh, what, what you fully you fully moved out of Fulham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, yeah. Well, it were, it was good timing because they were selling it up anyway. So we had to we had to move on as a three. And one of my mates was going to move in with his girlfriend, and the other guy and me were going to meet up again, you know, later. But obviously now I'm here, so I'm back at home in Ealing, just waiting to figure out, you know, where to go basically. So I have a thing. I need to find somewhere for sort of three four months. So I don't know. Thing. Oh, you, can, you can come here. There's Toronto, Toronto Arrows are in the they're in the major league rugby. I did look, and also when my friend Sam or when he moved, and a couple of other people, I thought that makes more sense than going somewhere where I don't know anyone. Yeah. But then two things. One was the weather. Yeah, <laughs> the weather's the weather, the weather Because I don't know how they play then. Yeah, that's why. I mean, yeah, because I had a look, and I don't think they have many fixtures in Toronto. No. Until because and also and also they still they still don't have crowds here at the moment. But they're hoping that yeah. like March should be sorted out. But um, yeah, I don't think I don't think I think what they do is they play their, their home games in a block. So, yes, um, that sounds right. Yeah, so they're flying out there now. So, uh, but I did consider that because that's and also the whole visa thing is not so much of an yeah, issue. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty good into that. It's pretty easy. Yeah, I was looking at that. Factor, it seems if you're doing something sort of right here, we've got our first international podcast guest. So. I'm calling in from Canada, you're calling in from London, and Tom is coming all the way from down under in Sydney. So three different time zones, but really appreciate it. <laughs> Tom from Brochats has uh, joined us this morning, evening. But thanks, mate. Thanks. Hey, Tom. Thanks for being here. Nah, thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. I appreciate making the effort. Oh, no, don't be serious. I think I'm just glad you replied to my uh, Instagram DM. You're probably the, one of the first other people who's replied to any of my, any, any of my Instagram DMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? No, no, no. I mean... I mean, personal <laughs> or, or on the podcast. But, um, I found like bro chats on Instagram. Me and James played rugby together, and there was a guy who came over from Australia. We're not the most creative in nicknames. We called him Aussie Ben, but his name was Ben Bev Ben February. But he he shared some posts that you did on the story. Obviously, saw the profile. Um, I looked into it and I was like, "What you were doing in terms of the workshop just looks really interesting and like great to see." But it's probably the best way to start is like the kind of story about yourself or like what bro chats chat is yeah for sure so um yeah i just i grew up in a in a pretty normal household you know mum and dad still together you know we're lucky enough to move around a lot through dad's work and you know through that i sort of lacked a little bit of identity i sort of you know could could chop and change my personality depending on you know which group was considered cool that was sort of the personality that I would sort of lean more towards and just sort of got caught up and sort of never really being my true self you know a lot through my schooling years high school years all that sort of stuff I continued all the way through until I found myself in my first serious relationship um, towards the end of my high school and um, when that sort of ended sort of everything sort of collapsed around me and all the lies all the manipulating that I had done to my family to, to my friends um, it all sort of caught up and um, I had to sort of come to, to a harsh reality that I can either continue down this path and I'll, I'll live a, a very lonely life or, you know, I can sort of put my hand up and, um, and make, make some changes in my life and start sort of hanging around people who are, who are trying to do the same thing. And that was the basis of how Brochat started. I, I, needed, I needed a space where I could come together um, with like-minded men and just talk about things, talk about you know, even if it's talking about the stuff that we've done wrong, you know, I just wanted that non-judgmental space for, for men to come together and, and talk about their mental health. And so I looked around for groups um, on the northern beaches here in Sydney and there wasn't many at the time. So I just thought, I'll just start my own, um, you know, I'll, I'll just see how that goes. And um, I sort of put it out on my social medias and I said, you know, we'll meet at this particular surf club and we'll walk and, and just have a chat. And it was just once a week, but ended up doing like the first 
sort of 15 walks by myself. <laughs> so I was sort of, you know, meeting up on a Friday morning, just, okay, yep, sweet, just by myself, just going for walks. Uh, and then it started to sort of gain momentum as people sort of understood that I was actually genuinely trying to make a change in myself. And people came down, they wanted to know what it was about and started an Instagram page and, yeah, just sort of t- sort of took off from there. It's nice, man. Would you say that breaking down of the relationship was like the trigger point of you being like, I need to do something about my mental health? Yeah, it's sort of, well, it was at the time, no, at the time I was just like, well, the world hates me. You know, everything's against me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be a bad person from now on because no one cares anyway. So I'm just going to do bad things. So that was sort of in 2014. And then, yeah, sort of had two really bad years. Um, started drinking heaps, um, you know, doing drugs, neglecting, spending time with my family, hanging out with the wrong people, just being a real, well, just being a dick really to point it, you know, to be pretty blunt. So yeah, 2014, 2015. Um, and then I sort of decided to move back home with my parents in 2016, got a good job, but I was still doing the same thing. I was still partying too much. Um, I was still sort of, you know, not really being the best version of myself I was about 145 kilograms so I was extremely overweight very unhappy very unmotivated and it was only really until the end of 2018 that I started to really make a change and that's that's when I started to um, to get bro chats on the map what do you think so what do you think started that maturation process for you was it people around you or was there a trigger point or was it just a slow kind of realization because I guess if you're at home at that point mm. are you seeing the effect that you're having on your family and is, is that affecting you or were you just not in a position to really care about that when you were going through it it was uh, well I mean I didn't care because it was everyone else's fault it wasn't my fault you know at the time it was the easiest thing to do is just to go well you know that's that's his fault or mum's fault her fault or whatever but the the real penny drop moment was when I got kicked out of home for the second time so I moved back in with my family and things were going okay for a little bit. And then I got kicked out of my house. I can't really remember what I did, but I all I know is that it was a, it was bad for my mum to finally go, you're out of the house. So I, I was living with my best friend at the time. And then I moved, I got, you know, fixed things with my parents, moved back in. And then I got kicked out of home again. And then I didn't have anywhere else to go. And that was sort of the, the moment where I was like, even at my lowest, I can't call anyone to go and live with because of all the, you know, the lies and all the manipulating that I've done. No one wants to be there for me at the time. Um, and it's only because I was such a bad person that I needed to sort of, yeah, pull my socks up a bit. And I just said to my parents, look, I've got nowhere to go. Um, you know, like I, I promise I'm going to make a change. Like I'll, I'll prove to you guys that, you know, I can be the son that you raised and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and that's when I started um, to put my my walks and stuff out onto social media. Hey, good for you, man. That's a lot. Of, seems like you do a lot of that stuff by yourself as well. No, or did you have people you can speak to? Or yeah, um, to to begin with, I just did it by myself. I felt like I'd got myself into this mess, so I owed it to myself yeah. to get myself out. You know, and then along the way through social media, along the way, you meet people who um, just sort of just having conversations you can pick up just on little words of wisdom that they say or try this or try that sort of thing. And you just sort of pick it up along the way and yeah, just sort of goes from there, I guess. I guess there's, um, there's a balance because that whole, the way you're describing it, it's really interesting about it's very easy to put blame onto other, other people. And it's not saying that something hasn't happened to you that's started that, but it's that balance, isn't it? Between if you're addressing something, and if your family or someone close is involved in it, it's very easy just to lash out at that. And that's a crutch, basically, for you to go forward with. Mm. And it's just chucking away that crutch is probably the hardest turning point to do, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. I think as men, we struggle with, with emotion. Um, and the three emotions that I always pinpoint whenever we do workshops is anger, shame, and guilt. So the first thing that when someone tells you that you're in the wrong, you feel anger. You like you immediately get on the defensive, and then you start to feel a little bit guilty because you realize that it's your fault, but you're already really angry, so you don't want to let that person know that they're right. And then you feel the shame of of how you've reacted, and and it's sort of just a follow on pattern from there. So, 
you are right. Like it's, it's one of those things. It's everyone takes the easy way out when they're in that situation. Um, and when you're in a negative mindset, you, you don't really want to have any ownership for any of your actions. And I certainly didn't. With now the workshops that you're doing, can you just talk us through that then a bit more about like the process and how many people you get involved in it and what's the outcomes? Yeah, sure. So the workshops are basically designed to allow men to peel back all of the layers of the social conditioning that the world's sort of subjected them to. So the whole men don't cry, um, harden up, um, you know, men don't speak about their mental health, all those all those layers of trauma and, and stuff that those men have gone through, we do exercises to help peel those back and allow men to understand their emotions and understand that it, it wasn't their fault with the hands that they were dealt. Sometimes a lot of, a lot of traumas comes from generational, you know, or generations of generations of, of, of the same sort of parenting style, I, I guess you could say. Um, so we run through a lot of exercises that does surface a lot of emotion does put them in in quite an uncomfortable position for you know eight hours or, or or however long that we we do the workshop for so it's basically designed that generally get 20 at 15 to 20 men they come in together as strangers and they go through exercises together they go through things together they spend the whole day together and at the end of it they leave as brothers which i think is huge to be able to to come in not know anyone in that group and be vulnerable and open enough to speak you know, on such heavy topics such as having resentment towards their father, growing up with a with an addicted mother, or you know, losing their best friend to suicide—like all those difficult conversations that no one's really given them a platform to speak about. We not only give them that platform to speak about it, but we unearth all the trauma and all the emotions that they felt and help them understand themselves better. Hey, that sounds fantastic. I think that's an idea. I just uh, even like I don't know about how mesh feels, but even this show and talking about it, there's always like a double thing going on where you have to say to yourself like, oh no, this is, you know, it's good to be doing this and stuff, but then you double, you question yourself the whole time, but to do that for eight hours in a row must be uh, seriously uh, takes a lot out of, out of the people doing it at the end of it in a good way. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of the funniest things ever, especially from a facilitator's point of view is to, to watch these guys come in all shy they speak really quietly when you're in, when they're introducing themselves. And then as the day goes on towards the end, you can't get them to shut up and they, they, they start to, you know, open up their chest and stand up a bit straighter and stuff like that. And you can see them actually changing through the day. Um, and from a facilitator standpoint, you yeah. just look and you go, you know, like today's been a success and yeah, it's awesome. That's class. And it's also, it's commendable because they're, they're obviously shitting themselves before they come in. They like, they don't know what they're getting mm-hmm. into, but me and James talked about before like some of our lowest dips. It was weird where I felt as if I was more comfortable to open up to someone I didn't meet. Like it used to happen quite a lot when I've been on like first dates with someone, like maybe you got a bit of alcohol, or whatever. And you're happy to talk about that because it's like they have no judgments. They don't know anything about you really before. So it's like kind of similar. Yeah. That's kind of your secret, secret weapon to an extent. Like people might be able yeah. to speak to them. Say, say 15, say if you had 15 brothers come over and say like, four were actual brothers or like related or they were friends like i think it could be a bit he's probably waiting for one of those four to try and break down their barrier first before the others come out yeah absolutely and i think that's that's one of the things that i tried to sort of steer clear from was instead of saying when i first started bro chats what i'm referring to is instead of saying let's meet at the pub on a friday afternoon and and talk about our mental health let's actually do it away from from the alcohol because then there's no masks there's no filter because what i was finding was i was going out on nights out and these people were talking to me about their mental health but they were only telling the side that they wanted me to hear to make them look like they're a victim rather than taking accountability for it and saying hey you know i actually i stole money from someone and you know now they hate me rather than just oh man, like I'm just losing friends, like so randomly, like out of the blue, I just lost all my friends. You know, it's just like, you know, you need to have that accountability, which I think is is something that a lot of men do lack. So the exercises that we do in the workshops, we make sure that we build up to being able to give them that safe space. So then therefore they can't sort of tell a one-sided story. Everything just comes out and, and they sort of leave everything on the table. So, So how much is it getting them getting to know each other before as you said they build up to it like how do you get them to that stage then what's your what's the technique so we basically we do a lot of um like physical activity so we run them through like a tabata style sort of workout 
and just sort of get them in pairs. So their partner has to motivate them through the 20 seconds on and then they rest and then the other person goes. So it sort of just builds that when you're like out of breath and you're gassed, because we do smash them too. Like when they're out of breath and they can't breathe, they still have to show up for their their friend that they've just met. Um, and that sort of allows that sort of bonding and that building to come through. And then at the end of the workout, they all come together, you know, grab a touch, grab a high five, you know, sort of build that sort of team spirit. Because once you're once you're completely gassed, like there's no more masculine energy in the room. Like we've taken that completely out of the equation. So the next sort of exercises that we do sort of allows them to sort of breathe and sort of flow into sort of empathy and compassion, um, which allows that sort of comfortable conversation to start. How do you pick the content for your workshop or did you have to do some training or like what, what, what was the step that went from doing those, doing those walks to workshops? Yeah. So I actually, I used to do the workshops myself, like participate in them. Um, And so I went through quite extensive uh, workshops and it sort of, every time I went there, it would just completely blew me away. And the, the guys that ran the workshops I was attending to obviously understood that I had some sort of leadership qualities, you know, in me, just sort of the way that I was conducting myself around the group and how open I was to, to talk about all the stuff that I'd been through and, and stuff like that. So he actually contacted me after, after my, I think it was my third or fourth time doing it and said, Hey, would you like to come to the next one and be a support support crew? So you would run alongside me and um, I'll sort of just guide you through the day and sort of did that about, you know, three or four times was able to take my younger brother to a workshop and facilitate him um, going through the same thing. And yeah, just sort of then started to sort of branch out and and now we've got our own workshops now that we're running too. So um, yeah, I suppose it was just participation turned into facilitation. Nice. How regular are the workshops or can people go to, go to them more than once or is it just like you got to come one time and then that's it or how regular are the workshops it, it really depends COVID did sort of yeah, cool. um take a huge toll on on having them regularly um only because we we do a lot of really close face-to-face stuff a lot of breathing a lot of breath work so obviously they told us that you know singing and breathing and, and chanting and stuff like that was the uh, most transmittable way of mm. of getting COVID or whatever it was so we had to put it on hold but we do like to run them sort of once every sort of six, seven weeks. And you can just keep coming back. You know, the core exercises that we do stay the same because they're the most beneficial. But the other sort of little one percenters that are that are you can sort of mix and match them. You can yeah, you can definitely keep coming back. With the ones that we're doing now, we're trying to make sure that the first sort of couple is just sort of getting people used to the workshop flow. And then we'll release like a 2.0 version, which is like a step above where the, the, the exercises we do will completely change. And that'll be for people that have come to two or more workshops. Um, so they can just continue to level themselves up. And then eventually we're looking to sort of move into sort of facilitator training. So exactly what happened to me, I want to be able to do that to, to other kids or um, to other men that have come through to our workshops. Um, I want to put them in the position that I'm in now as well. And I was going to say with that, then what's, what's the general perception and trend in Australia at the moment with sort of mental health and addressing it in that way um and how does yeah obviously your workshop does it fit into a general movement like that or do you still think it's something that needs to be developed i think it's starting to become a little bit more popular we've got these are you okay days and like mental health days where every man and his dog decides that they're going to post up on their story about how they care about everyone else's mental health and then the next day they just return to sort of standard procedure and no one, no one really talks about it. So there, it does come and go in waves. It, mental health becomes a real popular trend and everyone posts about their vulnerability and stuff like that. And, and then you go, wow, it's actually starting to be a little bit more prevalent and starting to actually make some moves and people are starting to get involved and then it disappears for a little bit. What's happening now in the last sort of couple of months is people going to workshops are starting to realize that this is a... I mean, I wouldn't say a better way than seeing a like a psychiatrist or seeking professional help, but it's a more relevant way, especially for men, just to let out some emotion in a group of other men. Uh, I feel like, you know, when when you're talking to sort of someone one-on-one, especially from personal experience, talking to someone one-on-one, they want to always revert back to, well, how does that make you feel? Well, how does that make you feel? Rather than I don't really, I don't want to know how I feel. I want to know how to fix 
how I feel. And if you can't teach me how to fix that or, or relearn certain emotions that have been embedded in me since I was a kid, then you're not going to be much help to me. And that's what we do in these workshops. So I feel a lot more men come coming together in a group. They feel it's more beneficial for, for themselves to get better. I think that's why it's interesting. You mentioned it's the kind of, I think a lot of people who maybe don't have mental health issues and they look at trends that come and go on Instagram, they don't appreciate, I guess, mm. you know, it's actually an action and it's a process. It takes time. And it's not just like, uh, a one chat session fixes everything it's something that like you said you six or seven weeks and you get people coming back presumably because they can feel the like the slow you know the change in themselves each time they come and i guess trying to yeah. explain that is is a big challenge as well to, to keep people to get the habit of it going basically yeah and that's the other thing that we mentioned to the lads when they come through as well it's like you don't actually have to be depressed or you know, struggling or suicidal to come to these workshops. If you're just truly trying to find the best version of yourself, we can help you get there. Um, because I believe that everyone has leadership qualities. I believe everyone can become a leader. You just got to dig deep within yourself to find that sort of that warrior spirit. And it's in everyone. And our job as facilitators is, is to, to cater to that and allow them to, to release whatever they might be holding on to you know, whether it's a little bit, you know, if they're, if they're shy or socially awkward or whatever it is, you know, we can, we can get that out of them and then they can, they can flourish and, and actually go out and be the best versions of themselves. Yeah, that's so good. Like I'm thinking about how beneficial it would have been had if, if like bro is in the UK, like when, when I got first got diagnosed with pressures 18, I think the doc, the, the doctor was like, it helped you to like speak to people, but I couldn't think of when I was 18, couldn't think of anything worse than going into a room <laughs> with people like, even like one-on-one, yeah. on one, it's like, it's just very for, like force, isn't it? Yeah. But I feel as if obviously doing what you do, you, hearing people's stories is so powerful. Like say if in one of your groups there was someone who's really shy, they've only got to hear about a couple of people opening up and then they're obviously going to... That's right. What kind of ages as well? I was going to ask about general age you get. So, is it all, all ages or younger? Um, It depends really. Like, you know, we don't sort of say it's, we don't have like a sort of an age limit. Like I've done workshops on... 60 year old men and I've done workshops on, on 21 year old, um, you know, kids. So it, it, it is for all ages, you know, obviously I would prefer to get them under the age of 35 just so they can still have that time to sort of, I suppose, implement what we're, what we're sort of teaching about. I feel like every time I've, I've dealt with someone that's, um, you know, 50 and over, they find it very hard to completely let go because they've had so much more time being stuck in the same way, you know, so it's, it, it is very hard to crack the, the ones that are older, but they do come around that they, they, they do see it, but they always feel that their way has always been better, you know? And so sometimes you got a question, it's like, well, why did you come? Um, you know, if you're, if you're not going to listen or if you're not going to be open to listening, then there's not a lot of point you being in this situation or being in this workshop. But yeah, I mean, like I said before, there's no real age limit. Yeah, I think it's probably a generational thing as well. Yeah. Those below 35 are still probably trying to find themselves and they're probably more open to listening. Yeah. Mate, this is great, man. This is honestly, if you need if you need a bro chat in the UK, we can me and James can sell one. We can, we can sell one up, <laughs> mate. Oh, we'll come to we'll come to Sydney. I I have um I have actually been, yeah, a lot of people have reached out in other countries asking if if I was to go gonna franchise bro chats. And I, I honestly still get quite shocked, even when people message me, like even when you guys message me asking for the podcast, I'm like, wow, these guys want to talk to me. Like, like I honestly, I, I don't see myself as that sort of big or, you know, that sort of, you know, level where people are, are wanting to franchise my brand or franchise, um, you know, what we're doing or, or invite me on podcasts. Like I still get like a little bit sort of, you know, a bit childish when that sort of stuff happens. Like when you guys message me, I remember looking to, at my partner. I was like, "I'm going to be on a podcast." Like, you know, like it was it was cool. Like, <laughs> you know, this stuff is is awesome. So, but I can I, I can definitely see it. It's such an because the idea I love the kind of the the way you ease into it and like the sport adding the sporting nature to it as well. I think will attract like a huge crossover because people are into fitness, you know, generally. And the the perception now of mental health is you know it's been linked to to well-being in general yeah. like a j overall well-being so the differentiation between this the sporting fitness element and the mental health 
that it's basically doesn't exist anymore. So I think playing on that and really combining those two, I think is a great USP. I think that it could, could for sure spread to other places as well. Yeah. Well, and that was the whole thing. So it was like, I play footy every weekend and I tackle someone or like I tackle someone to, to, if someone misses a tackle, like I'll try and tackle for them. And I don't even know that person very well, but here I am like, you know, bleeding and sweating and, and, you know, kicking ass trying to, to make tackles or, or trying to, you know, run the ball into someone or like win with my teammates. It's like, if I can do that for complete strangers, like why can't I just open up and have a conversation with my friends that I've known for so long? You know, like it just, it was just that sort of polarizing moment. It was like every weekend you go out there with different people or, you know, guys that you don't really know and you're willing to die for them on the field. But then when your best mate goes, Hey, like, can we have a chat? You're like freezing up about it. So it was adding that sort of like that, I suppose that sporting element into it is, is huge, especially for play, people that play in team sports, you know, that whole brotherhood thing is, is such a, is such an important part to this mental health thing. So yeah, I agree. There's definitely massive room for stuff like that. When you say footy, Tom, do you mean NRL or Aussie rules? This is a question. Or... Oh, no, I mean rugby, sorry. Rugby, like rugby, rugby, yeah, rugby fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know I keep seeing on the social media, it keeps saying, keeps coming up with the phrase mana. What, M-A-N-A? What's, yeah. what's, what's that? So mana means strength in Māori, um, which is, again, it's a very polarising word in, in the male vocabulary. And so it was sort of, we just wanted to have this workshop where it was just like, what's a name that will just attract people to, to come in and, and want to get involved. And, you know, for the for those that, you know, have Pacific Islander or, or New Zealand heritage, they know the meaning. But for those that don't, it's a conversation starter. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, well, you know, what does mana mean? Or, you know, like, where, where does it come from? Having that conversation and explaining it's, it, you know, it means strength. It's about coming together as one, you know, and all that sort of stuff. It, 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 it's a real uh, conversation starter. You know, and it, and it it helps sort of get that word out about the about the workshops to more people. So yeah, it's probably creating a theme, isn't it? A common theme. Like if you think about mental health, and you, you probably go towards man, you think of like Mary Warriors. It's like that's pretty cool. Like, even if you didn't, mm. that's like yeah, breaking down the boundaries, being like, oh, it's actually this is a different type of strength that these warriors yeah. have. Yeah, and I guess everyone can they can attach their own, you know, image of what they want that to be Absolutely. for themselves in that situation. So it's a great inclusive tool to use for that. We didn't want you to get the other hacker on, on screen, Tom. <laughs> is bro chats your, is that like a full-time thing? Or do you, is it, is that, it's like a side thing? Nah, it's just a side thing. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's been one of those things that has always been, um, since I started it, I thought I could try and make it my full-time gig. You know, like I've, I've yeah. been desperately trying to make it full-time um, and just give all of my attention to it. But yeah, like I've, I've got a family to provide for, man. Like I, I need to be able to be making a, a steady course, yeah, income. Yeah. So until the day that that someone comes through with a huge sponsorship proposal, <laughs> um, then yeah, I guess it'll just be a side thing for for the meantime. It all takes time as well. Like I'm glad. I mean, this is the nicest way. I'm glad you said yeah. that. Like the first few walks, no one was listening. It's like when we did this podcast. Like I was getting really irate, being like. The first few episodes, mm. no one was there listening, and then everything takes takes time, doesn't it? You've got to be patient. Yeah, well, I mean, like it, it, it all it takes is for for like yeah. for you guys one episode, or for me, it was one one video for things just to yeah. completely take off. You know, like I remember writing a post about when Will Smith found out that his his partner was having an affair, or what do they call it, like an entanglement or something, and everyone was making fun of Will Smith, and I just wrote exactly how I was feeling. I was just like, this is bullshit. Like this guy's going through stuff and like everyone's laughing at him, thinking it's funny, making memes out of it, jokes or whatever. And it ended up getting like over 40,000 likes and like 100,000 people ended up seeing it. And it was just like, that was the start of of, of the real progression to to getting more exposure and, and for getting more people to see my stuff. And, you know, there's there was a lot of dark times where I'm like, this is not worth it. Like I've just done 15 weeks of walking by myself and no one wants to come to my walks, you know, and then one day I ended up having 65 people there, you know, and then the next week I had four people there and the following week was 30. So it was just like this constant sort of wave of up and down and up and down, but like anything, man, you just got to stick with it. If you're committed enough, then you got to stick with it, you know, and eventually things will pay off. Yeah, for sure. I was, I was one of those hundred thousand. That's how I found you was the Will Smith post. 
Oh, really? Ben had shared that, and then that's why I was like, oh, yeah. And it did make sense, everything you were, everything you were saying, because he was like... Yeah, true. He was getting made fun of because he was showing a, a human emotion. Yeah. Oh, men should be able to talk about their emotions, and then Will Smith talks about his emotions, and, oh, he's, yeah. you know, he's lame for talking about his emotions. I was like, <laughs> like come on, guys. <laughs> Make up your mind. And uh, how's uh, how's things for you now, uh, mental health-wise? Are you, are you good and... You look back on that time, is, is it very much in the past or you still have sort of days where it can come back a bit? Um, oh, man, like I always have I always have days that I need to sort of really rely on, on my own processes. And um, I think that's something that these workshops do too is, is they provide you with tools. So when you do have your down days, you know what to do to get yourself back on, on, on track. You know, so I do have days where, especially being a new father, like having my first son five months ago, it really tested my relationship with my partner. You know, we've got different parenting styles, but we're looking after the same kids. So yeah, it, it did test my relationship a lot, but I've got, you know, my, my morning routine I follow religiously. Um, you know, I can always tap into a little bit of breath work as well if I need to sort of just reset myself. But yeah, other than that, my mental health is, is, is strong. And it needs to be if, if I'm going to be in a position where I'm in charge of other men's mental health as well. You know, I can't be going in there looking for uh, 25 people or whatever it is to, to listen to my crap. That's not why they, you know, that's not why they paid money to be there. Um, so I always need to make sure I'm on top of my game. Congratulations, by the way, Tom, for you, baby. Um, oh, thanks, Ben. Thank you. That was, that was a question I asked you. I think I'm good at it now, but that took a bit of getting used to. And like you're in the, you're in the exact scenario whereby you're hearing to everyone else's problems. But like I remember I used to, my coping mechanism was being there for other people when I wasn't speaking about my own. And I think mm-hmm. it must be tricky, obviously, for you, because you're going to be empathetic, but you don't want to take on their problems. It's up to them to sort out themselves. Yeah. Well, we always say, like, you can't pour from an empty cup. So it's the same thing, you know. Um, you got to make sure your cup's full before you, you, you give on to others. But even still, you only give what's, what's overflowing to the other people. You know, make sure that you empty your cup onto everyone else. So... Yeah, I mean, like the first couple of workshops that I that I was invited to be a support crew, I took it all home with me. Um, every ounce of pain and stuff that these guys were going through, I just went home and I was just holding on to it and holding on to it. And I, I called the guy that was facilitating it and I said, bro, like, what the fuck's going on? Like, I'm so, I'm so like amped up. I'm so, you know, emotional, you know, like I'm still thinking about the, the, like these guys and it's been a week, like, and he goes, bro, just go and jump in the ocean and just write down everything that, you, that you're feeling and then just burn it on the beach and then just let it all go. And so I did and, and I felt a whole lot better. And, and I, I had to learn really quickly that, you know, whatever happens in the workshop stays in the workshop. When you go home to your family and stuff, you just need to be able to just move on and, and let it go and, um, and yeah, and not take it, not take it home. But yeah, it was tough there for a bit. So what's, um, what's, the, what's the plan for you boys? Like, how do you... How do you see your your podcast going? Yeah, I think when we did our first one, I think we meshed, I think both and I would say that that was the hardest, obviously the hardest one, even though it was just, we didn't yeah. know who was going to listen to it, but we just wanted to put it out there. I think we have listeners, I think, hopefully from different areas, but have very different backgrounds to ourselves. But essentially we all come to very similar, you know, we recognize the, the issues in each other. So it just, every time you do that, it just gives you more confidence and uh, you just want to get more people yeah. involved in it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's the best thing about doing this is like what, knowing that you're helping people. Like I think especially during the pandemic, it's just trying to find your purpose. And like, you know, there's always that, that way to relate to, to things like this and the topics that you guys speak about is something that, um, that everyone can relate to. So, um, you know, if we can help one person or, or if we can influence one person to be better in their own, aspect then you know i think we're doing the, the right thing it's a, it's a cliche but you i mean mesh and i've had messages from people you mm. know who either were on the show or listened to it and it, it really is like just one of those messages made the whole thing worthwhile i think just knowing that someone took the time took the time to actually feed back on that and said it helped them in, in whatever way you just you just want to do that yeah. again so that's uh, I'm sure it's the same for you as well. If you when you get feedback from your your bro chats, then it just drives you on. Absolutely, I still remember the first message that I ever received. It was when I first started. Like I'm talking forty followers. Like I was just I was an absolute no one, 
and I didn't think anyone was listening or watching or any of my stories or anything like that. And someone messaged me saying that this, that one of the posts that I posted saved his life. And I was just, I was, I stood there and looked at my phone for like an hour, just kept reading the message through my eyes, just going like, okay, well now from now on, we just, we're on a train now. We can't stop. We're just going to keep building more track and we're just going to keep going because, you know, just because of that one message, it just makes, like you said, it just makes everything puts it all into perspective and all, all the hard work just, it, it seems so much easier now. So yeah, I agree, man. I keep seeing Mil- Milner Scudder always, Neil Mil- Milner Scudder always yeah, on your post. Yeah, so um, oh no, that's, so you, you need to get him to you need to get him to come to work. Then you <laughs> then you'll go viral. Yeah, I mean, I like I still you know like obviously being being from New Zealand, having a former All Black World Champion reacting to your story yeah. or sending you a message, you know, that's it, just it's insane. You know, and I, and I do try and treat everyone the same on their merit, you know, regardless of, of social status or whatnot. But the the all black fan in me um, always sort of gets a little bit giddy when when I get to speak to one of the boys. So, <laughs> yeah, rightly so, rightly so. So. Alpha McCorn, obviously you caught in the air. The loser's got to do a song, a story, a song, a story, or a joke. Okay, heads. It's actually this is actually a Canadian coil. It's actually tails, and the tails is a moose. So heads is that. It's actually it's actually tails. That's the most Canadian thing I've heard all day. <laughs> the tails yeah. is a moose. I actually, I actually, I actually didn't realize the tails is a moose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, so sorry, it's up to you. Do whatever you want, Tom. Story, song, song, story, joke, triple threat round. Oh man, the best ones are all three. But song, story, or joke? I don't. I can't sing, so I'm not going to do that. On the you'll probably lose listening <laughs> if I get uh, get the vocal cords out there. Um, I'm trying to think of a joke, but uh, man, yeah, um, my my joke's probably going to be a dad joke. Yeah, that, that's, so exactly, that's exactly that's exactly what we we're hoping for. Yeah. All right. What is, what does the movies The Sixth Sense and the Titanic have in common? I don't know. I don't know. What's the what are the movies Sixth Sense and Titanic got in common? I see dead people. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's in the top. That's in the top half. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. That's a good sort of dark humor. Yeah. 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 Oh, class. Man. Oh well. No, but we'll thank see. you so much, Tom. Thanks so much, man. It's really good. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's been awesome. Really, really Cheers, good. Tom. Thanks a lot. Host you see. Thanks, man. Sweet. Bye. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. Please follow and share us on Instagram and Twitter at all chats pod with a space.